It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 504 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week is a special one as I get to talk with Brian Level, who is both a writer and an artist. He's got a zoop.gg project going on right now for the Brothers James, and it's at zoop.gg slash c slash the Brothers James. We talk about that book and how it came to be, and how he's going to wrap up that storyline in this Zoop project. We also go into another book that he just had recently released, and that's Batman vs. Bigby, A Wolf in Gotham from DC. Of course, being a big Batman fan, I had to talk with him a little bit about that, and he says a lot of interesting stuff. Some people are just fun to talk with, and that's the way that Brian is. So I hope you enjoy all that he has to say. Once again, I'm working behind the scenes to resolve my voice issues. They're still not finished, but they're slowly getting there. So please pay attention to what Brian is saying and don't let my voice distract you. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. It's great to welcome to the podcast, Brian Level, who, let's see, who's described on Twitter as a horror cartoonist. Right away, we're in interesting waters with that. <laughs> uh, comic writer and artist, uh, does Chain to the Grave, Star Wars, DC and Marvel uh, work, and has a, a zoop.gg going on right now for the Brothers James. I think I want to make sure I get that exactly right. Is that that's right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Okay, well, okay. sometimes I, I, I do other things like that. My brain goes off in a different direction. So. It's the story of my life, man. <laughs> well, there's another book that of yours that I want to talk about. Maybe we'll get to that first. You have a book that's coming out from D.C. called Batman versus Big B. That's true. And I, I, I was just telling you before we started to record, I enjoy your art on Batman. I hope that this will get you more Batman work in the future, considering that like 70% of what DC's putting out these days is Batman. And the way you draw Batman, I could take some more of your artwork on, on The Dark Knight. So I'm pretty happy about that. Talk a little bit about uh, Batman versus Bigby. I, how did you end up doing that? And how does that, you know, how did that fit with your schedule and everything? Uh, so I, I'm, you know, weirdly this book just came out, but I've been working on it for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So the details of how, like the order of which things happens a little fuzzy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I, I, I got offered the job, mm-hmm. um, not long after I did, uh, two issues of Lucifer. Um, it was back when Andy Corey was working at DC. He was my mm-hmm. editor at the time. So I think he probably had something to do with putting me in the mix there for this book. And then uh, they kind of reached out and said, hey, we're relaunching Fables um, to or doing something with Fables. It might have been a re-release. I can't recall what it was, but um, they, they said that Bill was writing this, <clears throat> you know, crossover or whatever and wanted to know if I'd be interested. And, in, you know, you get the opportunity to draw Bigby Wolf and Batman and Gotham City and all this stuff. It seemed like a no brainer. Like, of course, I'll do that, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's six issues, right? 
Yes, sir. All right. Number one has come out. Number two is coming out in the middle of October. So that'll be just a few weeks away after this posts this Sunday. Mm. So uh, that's great. I, I I really enjoy it. I I don't enjoy everybody's Batman. I have to be frank. As a big Batman fan, there are some folks that uh, his his ears go up so high. I don't understand how he can walk through a, a doorway. <laughs> right. So I'm kind of always looking at that going, no, 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 I don't get that. But yours is just the right size. Oh, well, thank you. Obviously, it looks bat-like, and obviously, he can walk through doors, thankfully, (laughs) which (laughs) is great. It's funny that you say that because there's been a couple of people, and this is not me bragging as much as just kind of repeating what other people have said, um, that some of what I do on Batman is reminiscent to them of Kelly Jones. And I would imagine that some of Kelly Jones's stuff is the stuff that bothers you about him not being able to walk through doors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but I do love the sort of dysmorphic, sort of like hyper, uh, like hype, almost grotesquely musculatured. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Batman is the way Kelly Jones draws them, and Kyle Hotz. Um, they kind of have these, I don't know, this like hyper muscular Batman with these super pointy ears. But I tend to be a little bit more like I try to be practical with things too. Mm-hmm. So I, I end up in that middle ground, I think. That's great. That's great. Now, how far ahead are you? I, I'm always interested when mini series like this come out. You have to be ahead to make sure that you don't. <laughs> they don't have to reschedule you. Are, are you? Have you got all the art done? As far as that goes. So I have two pages left to draw, and the series is wrapped for me. Oh, so wow. I am. I got two pages left, and I'm done. So. Mm, very good. Uh, well, I, I have a cover. I have one cover left to do as well. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. That, that that's that's not going to take you a lot of time. To be honest. No, no, I'll be done uh, sooner than later. That's for sure. Very good, very good. I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I, I enjoy. Uh, of course, I'm, like I said, I'm a, a big Batman fan. Frank Miller said that he became a, a Batman fan when he opened up a comic and he started to read and he fell in. And that was, that's my experience. I literally mm-hmm. just was right into batman and i've been that way ever since i've been <laughs> i really enjoy because his first name or his last name is my first name and so i like that about him and that's what attracted me to him and uh, i always liked the, the the dark part of him you know and i always loved the detective i wish there were more detective stories with him but uh, yeah, that's always been an appeal for me too like as a horror guy and as a crime guy you know it's funny because my shelf is full of crime books and horror books Mm-hmm. Um, like like comic books, particularly like pre-code stuff, you know, like a lot of the old EC crime stories, mm. and some of the Harvey horror stuff. And like, so that's like some of my favorite stuff. And so Batman tends to, I think, really kind of fall right in mm-hmm. with that tradition. And so I was able to kind of like sink my teeth into Gotham and kind of treat it like some of my favorite, you know, old mid-century, you know, pre-code comics, like stuff your parents would get mad if you were a little kid <laughs> having or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, when we get to the other book, that's going to have a lot of uh, influence in there because I, I can tell there's a lot of that in there. Yes, uh, very much so. Other, it's going to be something. But uh, it's just a, a, a great book. The first issue is out and I'm sold. And I'm just dying to see. Gosh, I hope that they, you know, I wouldn't mind if Fables comes out. and If, if they do like a once a year batman crossover with fables i wouldn't be i wouldn't be averse to buying that so i think that would be great if you would do the art on that oh there's so many stories that you know would work because you know batman weirdly is such a perfect like you can just put him in any situation right like so so kind of having him with you know like 
the like the fables sort of universe is uh, like seems like an unlikely fit until you start to like unpack it and it's like oh of course <laughs> you mm-hmm. know well the, the thing that gets me about batman is if i worked really hard i could end up being close to batman i can't be close to superman I, I, sure. I'm not invulnerable. I'm not, I can't fly, all that stuff. That's away from me. But I, I like Batman because if I really worked at it, I could I could make that happen. Uh, not that it's going to happen at this point in my life, but it's, <laughs> I'm just fascinated by it. And I always, I, I love his ability to solve puzzles and to, you know, do those kinds of things and, and make and figure out uh, mysteries and things like that. Gosh, I that just appeals to me so much. I, I, oh yeah. Well, I think he's kind of like the, you know, he's kind of the person that I think a lot of us want to be, you know, it's like this sort of, uh, but I think in almost every respect, you know, I think we all want to be like, like not have to worry about money. We all want to be super smart. We all want to be in great shape. Like we all want to have a moral, like an uncompromising moral code. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Cause like Batman, I would say it's probably, you know, maybe next to Tim Drake in the DC universe is, the, is like Bruce Wayne is, you know, like that character I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to like the Marvel stuff, like I noticed for me, it's like daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know if the link is that like Frank Miller worked on both of these guys and kind of mm-hmm. helped define a lot of them in a way, mm-hmm. or if it's like, just like Frank Miller is also attracted to the same thing, which is like these mm-hmm. people that you're hyper relatable in some weird way. And, mm-hmm. or at least you can imagine yourself in those boots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got these huge boots. I always get it. When I look at them, you know, when he's swinging through the sky, you can see the bottom of the boots and I'm always going, my gosh, man, if he lands someplace, he's going to put a, an imprint somewhere with those boots. That was actually, that's actually one of my favorite things to try to do. Like I'm a huge John Romita jr. Fan. Like people (laughs) love or hate that guy, Mm -hmm. Um, but I love how like heavy all of his figures feel like they all feel like they weigh a million pounds. And so like, that's like what I always kind of want to go for in my own stuff is makes everything feel heavy and hefty. And like, like if it lands on the ground, it could crack the sidewalk, you know? Mm -hmm. So are they going to collect all these into a, uh, uh, a, a collected edition when this is all done? Uh, somebody sent me a link on Amazon that they're already like taking like pre-orders for the trade. Oh, wow! Um, so I I don't know if it was p- planning for a trade. I, I don't know if it, if it does well enough. Maybe they'll do a hardcover. I haven't heard one way or another. Like I'm not. It's not even that I'm not supposed to talk about it. I literally have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love hardcovers, especially if it's a story I really like. I that's the time I buy the hardcovers. I, me I too. Would much, I'd rather that they put out the individual issues and let me read the story and then i know when the hardcover comes out i want it so yeah there's a, there's something nice about that binding too like it holds yeah. up for multiple reads and oh yeah oh yeah I, I i have some hardcovers that i just every once in a while the jla avengers one that that huge slot whatever it is that's in that slot kind of a uh cover and oh every once in a while i just pull it out and i just stare at it for hours i just Perez is my guy. I I, I like him, and, oh, yeah, but I, you know your One your art is uh, your art is is also very close to that, and so I, you know, I, I, if well, you ever you're an inker too. flattering. Well, you're an inker too, aren't you? Right. That's how I broke in. Yeah, like oh, in wow. comics as an inker, I was kind of working underneath uh, Stefano Godiano mm-hmm. um, when he was. If if you're a big DC reader, he was the <laughs> he was Trevor Harrison's inker on Deceased. Mm. Um, and you know, worked on Walking Dead for years. Uh, wow. Charlie Adler, but but Stefano was the guy who kind of taught me everything. He was he became a pal because I was just kind of an effusive fan of his from his work on Gotham Central. 
Um, <laughs> we ended up becoming pals and he brought me on to work on some Valiant stuff when Valiant relaunched in 2012. And that's kind of the beginning of my career. Oh, wow. Cause I look right up at my bookshelf and there's Gotham central looking at me. Cause <laughs> yeah, I love well, that's those. my man right there. <laughs> I love those books. I, I, that's great stuff. I, I'd like to see you do that. That would be fun to see you if they ever brought it back. Have you drank right, rock and roll? I'd yeah, take ass at that. That's like one of the few things that I'm like, yep, that's, that's my jam. <laughs> that would be great. Now I, I've got to say that uh, I just, you know, Batman's face. And I, the, the funniest thing to me about Batman is, is I like Batman, but I don't like Bruce Wayne. It always I, seems to be one of the other people really relate to, right? Yeah. I, I like Dick Grayson, but I don't like Nightwing all that much. So there's this weird thing. People always ask me, which one do you most like? And I always go, I'm not like any of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's not my my thing. I'm just not like them. <laughs> I'm 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 more like Azrael. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> hyper, hyper, I love I love Azrael. Like I relate like way too much to that dude. It's a little scary. Well, he's you know they they brought him in to take the place of Batman for a brief time. So mm-hmm. kind of you know, stuff. I love so. I, I love a deranged Batman. It's like one of my favorite things. That David Hine, uh, uh, Gia March. Uh, mm-hmm. run that they did during the Batman Rebirth stuff was really frightening and really excellent stuff. I wish more people read it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's just, it's kind of sad about that, that, that some of the best Batman stuff is not read and that yet the more standard stuff seems to be really popular. And I'm always going like, why, why aren't you reading the more interesting things? But who, who knows? That's kind of how the way things go. I, I always know when I like something, it's not going to be popular. I, I <laughs> yeah, I always say, like, God, I hope that I don't like this series. Like, I hope I don't <laughs> like the series too much or else it's definitely getting canceled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's me all the time. I'm forever reading, you know, something comes out and I go, wow, that's a great looking book. And then three months later, it's gone. And I'm going, ah, I, I knew I liked it too much. Well, lucky for you, Batman's almost done, so you can at least ho- at least you can expect to get the rest of Batman versus Bigby. <laughs> That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Like I said, this is one. If they put a hardcover right now and I put my vote in for that, I will buy it because I really, I really enjoy the art and I really enjoy the story. I think it's just going to be great stuff. Yeah, I think just what? on a flat out, like on an egoist end, it would be really nice to have a hardcover of the oh. of the big Batman thing that you did. Like, oh, so yeah. I can, like give it to my kids when I get older and. Like, <laughs> crumbling and like here at least you know you can show this off and your friends will think you're kind of neat well it's really a wonderful book it's really great if you have not gotten it yet there's still time because this is only the first issue has come out so this is the time that if you if you need to go to your comic store tell them you want that they can probably back order issue number one and catch the rest of them which i they already know I, i want the whole series at the comic shop so i can't wait to get it it's just going to be wonderful now let me ask you something because I, I the way you describe yourself or what's described in Twitter versus your video on zoop.gg you said that you were uh, an artist and a writer but on Twitter it says a writer and an artist mm-hmm. and I always have to ask people does that mean that you're a storyteller more is there one you prefer to the other one or how, how's that work um so I, it depends on the project, I guess, you know, like sometimes I get hired to do art like I did on this Batman book and then with Chain to the Grave, I wrote that. I didn't draw that um, on the Zoop project um, that that we're going to be talking about. Like I drew three issues of that and then the final issue or the second to last issue I co-wrote and then the last issue I didn't draw at all. I only wrote it. Um, so 
I think it's more project dependent for me. You know, I think I'm at my maximum power when I'm doing both. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, that's why I kind of tend to identify myself as a cartoonist. Cause I do think that that's like where, where I feel like I'm most myself, mm-hmm. um, but I, I love doing both, you know? Yeah. I always ask people that because I, I there's some people who prefer one or the other. And I always ask him, you know, because uh, like Phil Hester, for example, I, I always when I interview him, he always says that, you know, they never get me to do both. They always want one or the other. They never let me do the write the story and, and draw it. And I always right. say, I, I wish you would, because some of his best stuff has been when he's done both. Yeah, it's criminal. Yeah. Phil's one of the best, like one of the best that we have. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Too true. It's really, really good. So, all right, Brother James, let's talk about that. Um, but, uh, first thing I want to talk about, there's a, 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 I always get a kick with language. Language drives me crazy because um, <laughs> uh, Jordan in a, tw- uh, a tweet put out, he says, grab a sick remark from Brian mm-hmm. Level on his, the Brothers James Bloodstain variant at Zoop. And I always get a kick because, you know, uh, sick to me, means somebody has like vomited all over it or something like that. I have not yet. I'm still in the old days of, of language and stuff like that. But sick means great and wonderful and uh, excellent and stuff like that. And so I, when I read that, I had to laugh. I said, yeah, I know what he means, but. <laughs> yeah. So you got to keep in mind, I'm like from like the hardcore punk scene and a okay. tattooer. So like we just have really stupid vernacular that we enjoy. <laughs> Uh, and and it, it's enjoyable for us to just you know like kind of have you, you get into like I guess a clique or a group or whatever and you kind of develop your own language mm-hmm. um, and then that becomes pervasive throughout you know like throughout that whole subculture or whatever mm-hmm. so you know like we you know what things that are sick I guess is like probably derivative of skateboard culture um, mm-hmm. which permeated into punk culture probably started on the west coast and made mm-hmm. its way out here but it's you know I'm a midwest kid through and through like cornfield soybean country in northern <laughs> Ohio and Still made its way to me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I often think of language. There, there's words that people use, and I always have to sit and think about. Now, wait a minute. Do they mean the old way or the new way? So I always had. To, when I read that, I kind of had to smile because I, I had a feeling I knew exactly what he meant, but I, I was, <laughs> I wasn't. Now let's talk about the history because this is an interesting book because uh, you guys had done the first four issues, right, and yes. not the, the final one. So talk about how this all started because this is what ten years ago. Uh, that's when it started. Yes, yes, about ten years ago. Wow. So how did you? I mean, uh, how did it start? Who was the one that printed it first? Do you remember? Yeah. So ultimately the history of this project, uh, from my, you know, like the oral history. So I may, I may get some details wrong here. Um, is Ryan Ferrier co-created this project, uh, with, and he's the writer, uh, with Michael Walsh, who is a notable artist working in comics today, spectacular artist. Um, and they put this black and white indie crime comic out in the market through a company called two one five Inc. I believe. Oh, um, I love that company. Yeah, and that was ages ago. And I don't know what happened. I think maybe 215 was um, – maybe they were kind of like doing I, – I could be mistaken, but I feel like it was a 215 project. Mm-hmm. Um, and then something maybe happened where it ended up not happening mm-hmm. uh, anymore because maybe they reduced their line or they were going on hiatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, or I could just be flat out wrong. But mm-hmm. uh, essentially, Michael had to leave the book mm-hmm. and uh, because he had gotten a comic book – uh, greenlit at Image Comics with our mutual friend uh, Ed Brisson, 
And uh, Ed is uh, also an excellent, notable writer in comics today. We're all kind of from that same graduating class of creators, right? <laughs> wow. um, so Ed and Michael, you know, had a great opportunity. And Ryan was like, yes, obviously take this great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mike Mike split. But they, in, before he split, you know, like they had a talk. And it's like, well, Michael, being the extremely sweet person that he is, was like, let's, you know, see who's going to replace me. Mm-hmm. Um, and him and Ryan both actually had me in mind, weirdly enough. Uh, because I had been kind of floating around Twitter, talking to people and this, that, and the other, you know, that long ago, back mm-hmm. in, you know, 2010, 2009, whenever that was. Mm-hmm. And so by the time that Michael had to leave the project, both of them kind of thought of me and it was, a, so they reached out to me and I was flattered. And so I said, mm-hmm. okay. And wow. uh, so then I took over for Michael on issue two. I drew three issues. So um, issues two, three, and four. And we got into the second half of issue four. Am I? Should I just keep telling this story? Because I don't. Sure. Want to go right ahead. Because I'm, I'm interested. I want to know what happened. Okay. Because if you have, you know, if you have questions, feel free to interject. Oh, I will. Believe me. If I need to, I I'll pop in. Okay. Good. Because I get to yapping. That's um, good. So, so with issue four, you know, we got about halfway through, and there was a couple of things that, like in the script that I was like, "Hey, can we tweak this?" Like, I feel like with our last issue coming up. Um, maybe we should do something. He was like, oh, yeah. And so we got to talk about that. And then I, and then he was just like, well, why don't you write what you're thinking? And that was kind of my first, you know, I had written some, like I wrote a superhero book for myself and I had written this sort of like uh, this other project that like a crime project, crime horror sort of thing that never really went anywhere. Um, but I'd never really written anything that was going to be seen by anybody really. And so Ryan was kind of the first person to collaborate with me. And I learned a lot from kind of like his notes and, but I kind of wrote some, some pages at the end of the issue there, probably the last five or six, seven pages. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, he tweaked them and, and then we finished the issue we were both really proud of it and really Mm -hmm. excited to get into the last one. But about that time, uh, I started getting, uh, a lot of work at Valiant as an inker. Um, and, and then I got offered, uh, a job doing art assists for Mike, uh, Michael Lark on, um, Lazarus. Mm. And so it was eating up a lot of my time and it was hard to get around to it. Um, and then I, you know, of course, like in the process of that, I ended up getting a book picked up at image comics called the mantle, uh, that I was asked to do full art, full art duties on. I liked that book. Oh, thank you. Well, we liked it too. (laughs) Um, So, so it was kind of like, well, you know, Brothers James is going to have to wait mm-hmm. um, to finish it. You know, it's going to take me about a year with having, because I have a, you know, I have a day job where I own a tattoo shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I still go to the tattoo shop and work every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and I got two little kids and, mm-hmm. you know, I got a busy life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was going to take us a while. And, you know, eight years later, um, I, you know, I've been working at every company in some capacity and kind of, I'm not good at letting dangling threads out i'm not good at just letting them go um and so ryan and i on several occasions had talked about kind of doing it where i'd be able to fit it in if i'd be able to fit it in and uh enough time had passed where ryan has actually retired from comics and and he kind of wasn't really interested in you know trying to write this thing but also really was like i want you to he told me like i want you know i'd like you, you to write it if you want um and i said yeah of course and so you know i found Eamon Hill, uh, who is a local actual art, uh, an actual local artist friend, uh, and also tattooer. Um, and, and we got to talking and he was interested in the project and it kind of all made sense. So I kind of put together an outline, Ryan checked it out, uh, you know, like we talked about the story, this, that, and the other, uh, and I wrote the script and he went through it. And next thing you know, like we were off to the races with this book and, uh, Eamon has it, he starts drawing on it and then Zoop shows up. 
I started asking questions online um, about crowdfunding because I was like, well, I'm going to, this thing's going to, you know, like if we want this to come out. I would like to, you know, like mm-hmm. crowdfund, it would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be nice to bring things to a close that had been open for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started talking about it, I think it was Jordan maybe, or maybe somebody else. Like, hey, have you heard of these guys or considered these guys? Or maybe Jordan reached out and said, hey, are you familiar with us? And we got to talking and <clears throat> next thing you know, like they're really cool dudes and uh, we got along and shared some similar vision. And next thing you know, like we're working together and brothers comes now, then comes the brothers James uh, Zoop campaign, which is ultimately finishing what we started while also kind of tweaking uh, the existing material to kind of update it for a more modern sensibilities and kind of cleaning up maybe some of the dialogue that doesn't ring as well. And, you know, just kind of putting together essentially a director's cut uh, version of this book because mm-hmm. you gave me some of the pdfs to read which i enjoyed i mean it was <laughs> it's a little much for me but you know once i got into <laughs> it i was interested yeah i i tend to I, i'm not that much into horror although some books some horror books have gotten to me recently so I, I was able to get into it and i really understood what was going on now the one thing i need to talk about because I, I always fuss with Zoop about this. They never say what day it's actually going to end, but they say that how many days are left in the campaign. Mm-hmm. And according to my math skills, I think this is going to end on the 20th of October. Okay. I think. <laughs> you might want to double check that because when I looked in there and I ca- you know, calculated how many days are left and all that stuff, I think it's the 20th of October is when this is going to wrap up. And I've already backed it because I, I really, like I said, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really something special. Oh, thank you, man. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, uh, the the story only gets wilder. I think I sent you issues one and two, right? No, I got uh, up to four, I think. Oh, I sent you the first four. Okay, so you finished one through four? Yeah, holy moke. <laughs> okay, so so you know where we left those poor guys. Uh, yeah. Before. Heavens. Oh, boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. Wait till you see where, uh, where they end up. There. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Um, I, I, so, yeah, it's already got, nuts. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, yeah, it's it really... like you're, you're right on October 20th, by the way. Okay, good. That's I, I, my math isn't that great, but every once in a while I figure it out. But I, I found this story; it was hard to put down. I mean, I was so grateful that I had all the issues possible because I would have been, I would have been writing to you and saying, "Where's the rest of it?" Because <laughs> right. I need to know what was going to happen. I mean, I mean, the, because I, I understand, I'm one of a pair of identical twins. Oh, cool! And so for me, when I saw these two, I was kind of like. Oh my gosh, I kind of relate to these. Not that my brother and I would do this kind of stuff, but I can understand the twin business pretty mm-hmm. much. So to me, I really I enjoyed it. I was like, wow, I can see somebody you know with twins and going a different direction than my brother and I went. And I just was like gripped. And you know, I have to say, black and white doesn't always work for me, but this black and white really works. I mean, I was just. I, I couldn't put it down. I was just literally, I went from one to the other. I was like, okay, number two. Okay, let me get, where's three? Okay, there's three. Good. Let me get into that. Because I just could not stop reading it. I was just. Oh, thank you. It's really tremendous stuff. I mean, not only the art, but the storytelling and the characters are really, I mean, the two brothers, uh, like I said, I, being a, one of a pair of identical twins, I can relate to how those two interact and react with each other and so i just oh i got to i meant to read let me read this one thing off the cover of the first one it says hot asphalt and hotter steel twin 
vengeance on the road straight to hell, it says on there. That's pretty accurate. I thought that was that the yeah, river wrote that aren't, good. They don't make great that was me. They don't make good choices. Uh, <laughs> like but they but they but they they commit to their choices. So there's yes. a, you know that's a if there's one thing I've learned in my you know, I know a lot of sets of twins actually. I can name three off the top of my head weirdly. Oh, wow. Um like my neighbors in particular, but you know, I've always <laughs> found like there's like such a distinct difference between the twins in my yeah. like because like everybody like I feel like twins get lumped into you know I'm, I'm obviously I can't speak to you about your life experience but I feel like for me there's always this perception that twins are kind of like two peas in a pod when in reality everybody's an individual right um and so you have these like like so like to have twins I think you expect like these tag team partners when in reality like that it's not always that way you know like these are just fully functional human beings that yeah. are dealing with their own motivations and traumas and desires and all that and i think jack and john uh have very different personalities and uh, the story i think tries to exploit that and show how that can work for good or bad <laughs> i got a kick out of the last name james like jesse james mm -hmm. setup i really got a kick out of that because that explains a lot of their characters mm -hmm. and then well then when you get to the, when you get to issue four their yeah. names become a little bit more uh yeah important uh, yeah so that, really, yeah, it's, a, it's a weird little book. It, it's it's unlike anything. Uh, just, it felt to me like this should be a movie. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but I'm going to take it as one. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, I, I could not, like I said, I love when, when action goes on and I, I can't put it down. And that's the way it was with this. I, I just literally, I couldn't figure out what was going to happen next. That's another thing I really liked. Because sometimes I pick up a comic and I can tell you what's going to happen in the next 10, 15 pages. And I hate that. I don't want to know what's going to happen. And I had no clue. <laughs> yeah, we throw, we throw a lot of curveballs. And I think the curveballs continue to show up in the last issue yeah. uh, in, in some pretty big ways. I'm really excited for people to read the last issue because I do some, you know, I'm not Ryan. So I don't write like Ryan. Mm -hmm. So, like, you get, you know, like we... Like obviously, like I try to maintain the voice and make it pretty seamless. And Ryan's mm -hmm. been over everything and offered notes and done mm -hmm. all, you know, like we wrote it together. Mm -hmm. But there's a, uh, you know, like some of the choices are very much like what in the hell? Like that is wild, you know. But I feel like everything in the book's been pretty wild, you know. Like I don't think people expect a, a death cult to show up, but they show no. up, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things that get happens out of the blue, and I'm sitting there going. And the best part is, though, it makes sense still. It's yeah, not when, circle, when it circles all the way back around, you're like, oh my god, yeah. oh my god, like this yep. makes perfect sense. Yep. See, a lot of times things just appear out of nowhere, and I always am kind of like, mm, no, I, I, I would have liked a little bit of stuff, but you have put there i don't know who exactly put in the the stuff at the beginning but from the beginning through the fourth issue there are um you're laying out some of the stuff that's going to happen because i can see it starting to develop and i just i'm just like wow i mean i, I wow i mean i just can't <laughs> i i, I don't want to spoil stuff because there are wonderful things that go on and i'm just literally shocked at, at, from from thing to thing, and I like to be surprised. Let me tell you something. I uh, when when something surprises me, I love that because I have been so unsurprised. By, <laughs> well, I'm flattered. Uh, that makes me excited. You know, Ryan and I are both huge fans of '70s movies, and I will <laughs> say that I feel like a lot of '70s stuff that we like is very lawless and surprising. And, <laughs> 
kind of wild. So we wanted to channel some of that like 1970s sort of gritty, you know, action, thriller, mm-hmm. crime, horror, you know, sort of energy in this book. Mm-hmm. I tended to identify with the dark haired of the brothers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think he's our way in in a lot of ways. I think mm-hmm. you know, I think like John is like more like all of us. Like he mm-hmm. he's a little bit more of a thinker. He's a little mm-hmm. bit more of a feeler. He's mm-hmm. a little bit more like nervous about bad choices. <laughs> but I also think like everybody needs a Jack mm-hmm. to uh, to kind of like push through things. Like, mm-hmm. like Jack's that guy. It's best that Jack's in the driver's seat, and it's best that John's there calling. You know, like like armchair quarterback, you know, mm-hmm, <laughs> or mm-hmm. else the job will never get done. Now the, the girl surprised me. Surprised was, a lot of people. I think I was very surprised by her and I really, I liked her. I have to say, <laughs> yeah, I love Tracy. She's actually probably my favorite character in the book. Oh really? Yeah. Cause she's kind of interesting. I, I'm trying to remember. It's, it's been a couple of days since I read it. Is she a sister? Uh, well, there, it's complicated because I don't necessarily want to spoil anything for anybody. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. But but uh, she she's a complicated character, and mm-hmm. you know the rest of you know you get a lot of shocks with like her situation. <laughs> but uh, the the way everything winds up in five, mm-hmm. when it all wraps up, I think everybody will be really satisfied with how Tracy fits into this story. Okay. Because I, I also loved the the masthead with the target for the letter O. That's, uh, you know, that's Ryan's design. Ryan was a graphic designer before he was a comic book writer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that logo treatment was he there was an original logo treatment, which if mm-hmm. you look at the issues I sent you, mm-hmm. the old covers, mm-hmm. it's a, I kind of center justified it and made some tweaks just for mm-hmm. this new treatment. Like mm-hmm. so it looked a little bit more 70s. But if you go to those old treatments, it's a little bit off off kilter. And mm-hmm. uh, I just made some minor changes. Um, but yeah, that's all him, man. He's a genius. What about the car? I mean, you know, the car. I mean, Henri- super- Henrietta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you know the the thing that's interesting to me. I mean, Supernatural, as long as it was on the car, was like a star of the show. Everybody loved the car, and I I feel that way about this car. But yeah, I, 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 see, even with Batman, though, I'm a big Batmobile fan. I uh, I always thought that the Batmobile was as big a star as Batman was. Mm-hmm. And I hope you that- like the way I draw the Batmobile. I do. I think it's great. Oh my gosh, I love that. But I also like this car. I was very, you know, it's one of those kind of older. I can't think of the exact word, but it's it's a it's a muscle car. Yes, that's it. That's exactly what it is, and it's so perfect for these two guys to be driving around in this car. Oh it's yeah, well, it's a, Do- it's a Dodge Challenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is maybe Ryan's favorite car of all time, if my memory <laughs> serves me correctly. Um, so like Henrietta was established before I took over the book. But, you know, what's funny is bringing me on board. My father, like in real life, is a race car engine mechanic and, and car, car like engine builder. Mm-hmm. So like I grew up around uh, Dodge Chargers and Super Bs and Barracudas and stuff like that. Not that we had a bunch of cars, but my dad was either always repairing them or, you know, fixing and selling them or mm-hmm. and now he builds sprint car engines and super modified engines for race cars so like my dad's like i've always been around these cars so for ryan to have such an affinity for this vehicle is kind of like well of course like i you know like of course i fit in really well in this sort of scenario you know and, you know we even bring in the cars have always been a big deal in this like cars and motorcycles there's a uh, i think we have a valiant in the book there's a shelby cobra uh in the last uh issue uh, so there's all kinds of bitching cars <laughs> 
It's 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 a wonderful thing because you know a lot of especially guys we take the cars. Sure. You know I like the cars. I mean I my favorite thing in the I, I always I I grimace when I watch the old Batman with Adam West. But the one thing I loved was the Batmobile. I oh, I, rules. I, I just I, you know when if you ever if you watch the very first episode. You know, before they put the red stripes on there, they did some, they shot some footage. And if you watch in that very first episode, you'll see the car without the red lines on it driving around. Okay, that's interesting. I, I was we were watching it, and I went, oh. I said, "There's no red lines on there." Rewind that, and we rewound it and looked at it. And we were like, "Wow, amazing, that is smooth." That. So yeah, if you get a chance to to go and watch it, I highly recommend it because it was just I was stunned when I saw that. So, but that's, that's the way really with this car too. I, I I was really taken by the car because they just it it fits their personality so well. <laughs> well, I also think that the fact that the car doesn't always have a great fate. No. Um, uh, also, it fits their personality as well. Yes. <laughs> they roll. They just like their lives. They they give that car a bit of grief. Oh goodness! But that's like the supernatural, the same kind of a thing. I, yeah, I, we got a lot of comparisons to supernatural because of the characters look a little similar and the well, car and stuff. That's good. I mean, you know, supernatural. How many years was that on the? On the CW, for heaven's sakes, that was a big... 17 years or something. Something like that. You know, that's a good comparison. You know, if people want to do that, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm not going to complain. No, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I I, I will say the story couldn't get much further from Supernatural. (laughs) (laughs) Well, characters are very different from yeah. uh, characters on supernatural and that's okay i mean i'm i'm fine with that i don't want everything to be supernatural i want you know i enjoyed the car i enjoyed the the way that these guys act and interact and being a twin i could kind of see how these guys you know how they got the way they are mm-hmm. and so for me i really really i really enjoyed it i, I want to read this a little bit on the a zoo page that I really liked. I want to make sure I read it because it says some really interesting things about it. It says, at its beating heart, the Brothers James is about family, loyalty, and sacrifice. Along that come furious car crashes, grindhouse violence, classic rock and roll, and a few road beers to wash it all down. <laughs> and then it goes to the next paragraph. It says, between twists, turns, and double crosses, women with secret motives, blood cults, and cops that can't be trusted. Boy, is that true. The Brothers James keeps your butt in the seat and your head spinning till the bitter end. <laughs> that is really – did you write that too? I did. Okay, yeah, that, that, that is perfect. That's exactly what for, the, for that comic. That is just ideal. I feel so. like with, with Brothers James, like 90% of like pitching it is pitching its feeling, not even mm-hmm. necessarily its content. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I sit there and tell you like, oh, it's about two brothers who are dealing with their issues together and getting revenge on the people that killed their parents. Like, yeah, you're getting an idea. Mm-hmm. But if you can like, but it's like the RPMs are like, like in the red zone. Like mm-hmm. this thing is like foot on the gas, full mm-hmm. speed ahead. So like, if you can understand that it's fast as hell and it's mean and it, you know, like, and it's funny and mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it's kind of like, I think it's a more of a tonal thing. Like I think the book has a interesting tone. That's yeah. quite enjoyable. The narrator. I love the narrator who's just <laughs> kind of this, uh, kind of hillbilly, uh, kind of cheeky character. Mm-hmm. Are we going to find out who that is? I don't need to know right now, but is that something we're going to get revealed or is that just gonna, uh, no, that's just our narrator. 
Okay, well, that's good. See, it, it works for me because I get a huge kick out of the way he describes things. Yeah, well, we wanted to kind of give it, a, like, it, it adds so much flavor. I think without it, it would just feel like another kind of self-serious, um, you know, like, crime, gritty crime story. And I think it adds a little bit of levity and kind of like, kind of how your friends talk to you in a way, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I got a kick out of the name of the group, the, 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 the satanic group, the Lucky Devils. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're they're rotten to the core. Those guys. <laughs> I mean, they just oh man, the stuff they do. I'm sitting there going, what in the world are they doing? That's crazy, people. So I, it's you know, it's funny. You think the brothers James are sort of out, outrageous and outlandish, but then these guys come along and they make them look sort of sane by comparison, <laughs> which is well, amazing. You know, that's- I work in a tattoo shop and I've known a lot of bikers and you get a whole lot of, you get a, a varied, you know, a varied showing of personality types there too. You know, sometimes you get some real relaxed guys that just like to ride motorcycles with their friends. And then you get some guys that are intense, you know, like, you're like whoa, buddy. So we kind of try to show, you know, a little bit of like the fun loving bikers that end up becoming violent or like all the way down to like, these people are like in a cult, you know? Yeah, it's just amazing. Now, as far as things go, uh, the, the, obviously that's going to end on the twentieth, like we talked about. When do you expect the the book to be ready to for delivery to those of us who are backers? So it's it's uh, being drawn now, mm-hmm. and I think that we will have. I think I think the delivery is January. Oh, um, okay. So so we won't have to wait too god awful long. Mm-hmm. Since we're, we're in October now, and yeah. or just about in October. If you could ever get it done before Christmas, that would be ideal. <laughs> well, that it's would be too, sweet. I know, too, I know, I will be. I know, I plan on kind of like I will have a, some involvement in the art process. I'm not drawing at all, <laughs> but there's like you know, I'll be jumping in with assists here and there because you know, Eamon's a busy guy and I'm <laughs> a busy guy, and you know, there'll be little things like I'll be helping with toning and <laughs> other different uh, different things. So we should we should you know be a nice we should keep a nice steady clip. This would have been ideal around Halloween. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. That, well, it doesn't. You know, it's funny. It'd be great for Halloween. It also feels like a summertime book in a weird yeah. way too. Well, all the action and the and the, the stuff going on, punching and kicking and guns and man, alive. <laughs> and it's warm, pretty much. It's a warm weather type of a story, so you kind of get it. So, God, it's so much fun to read, though. I just could not stop reading it, and I just I think other people are going to get the same. If you get a chance, it's the Brothers James. Go to zoop.gg slash c slash the brothers james and you want to be sure to get there before the 20th because uh you want to make sure you get it because there's uh you haven't gotten your goal quite yet but uh you got uh, 50 supporters which is a great number to have and so i think you're going to make this uh, by the 20th but let's not wait until the 20th let's get it there and make this happen before that so brian here don't have to do that refresh thing where you you know you get the, the, the heart <laughs> attack when nobody's uh, done it in the last half an hour oh no you know? Oh man, I feel like you've been leaning over my shoulder watching me at the computer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've often talked to people who do these kinds of projects, and they often sit there and refresh, 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 and right. nobody does it in a half hour, hour, and they start to sweat and they start to worry. But I think yeah. this is a great book. I think this is going to be great fun. I, like I said, I think this should be a movie. I really well, do. I mean, you know, like uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not a, I know I'm not a filmmaker, but you know, mm-hmm. obviously, if somebody wants to buy it up and put some, put some cool dudes in a in a in a muscle car and have them around, and blow people away. I'm gonna sign off on that. 
It's great. It, it's great fun. It's just, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not a big horror fan usually, but this one, once I was in it, I could not let go. I just had to keep going. I was grateful. I got to the end of the fourth. Now, the bad news was that was the fourth one, but I knew there was still story to go, but at least I got to see that. So I was very happy that at least I, I got as far as I could go. <laughs> so it's just wonderful stuff. It's just, uh, are you planning to do any more of this kind of uh, storytelling or is this kind of, this is the the one you want to do in this genre? Uh, if it were up to me, all I would do is crime and horror books. Okay. Uh, like, like I have no like, and I not because I dislike superhero books. I quite enjoy them. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's there's a very special place in my heart where I can be my most expressive within those subgenres. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice to work on Batman because it's still essentially a crime book. You know, so mm-hmm. if, like if someone says like, oh, if you could work on any big two property, it's going to be, you know, something in the crime and horror genres within those sort of companies like your daredevils and moon knights and right. uh, you know like batman or Azrael right. or dead man or something like that yeah, you, you should bring Azrael back oh man i would i would love that i would you know like there's a couple there's a couple of people that i would jump all over like Azrael, the specter mm. um those would be like that would be stuff i'd be all over mm-hmm. hope dc is listening I'd like to read those. <laughs> and maybe they'll let me. Maybe they'll let me write someday, even if it's just a, one for one of those short story anthologies. Hey. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of storytelling going on these days. You know, shorter stories, longer stories. Uh, as long as it's a good story, I'm interested. I want to read it. I buy a lot of DC, to be honest. I know you. You've done a lot of Marvel. I was, they had a list of all the Marvel books that you've done. And there's a lot mm-hmm. that you have done. So I, that was kind of cool. You even did an Immortal Hulk. I did. Well, it was just one. I only did one page of Immortal Hulk. It was kind oh, of a bummer. You, uh, I would have loved to have done more. <laughs> um, I, w- I will say, if you don't like horror generally, do not read my Separation Anxiety Absolute Carnage story because it's it's one of those things we've ever done. I can't like still to this day like whenever I get interviewed, mm-hmm. like like let's talk about this because what happened there and why did Marvel let that happen? Like that was so messed up. <laughs> so, well, but Marvel will occasionally, I, I think it depends on who the editor is. Sometimes the editors will let the, 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 the crazy stuff go out and that's fine. Mortal Hulk, I have to say was a crazy book. Oh, what a great time. book. Jeez. I, I like the first five issues when he was basically, you know, he was going after a, people that he thought were worse than he was and he would go after them and do them. And the, but then after that, it became more of a superhero book and I was less interested. So I still bought them all. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go all the way through to 50, but I really, those first five issues I really enjoyed because to see him go after the bad guys mm-hmm. as bad as he was, I thought that was a really interesting development. So oh, I like yeah. that. I like are, that. You big, I, are, you big, are you a big Hulk fan? I, I'm a, a reasonably good Hulk fan. I am. I, I, he changes so much; it's hard for me to know which Hulk it is. Is it? Is it the Gray Hulk? Is it the Green Hulk? Is it the Bruce Banner Hulk? Is it the? Which one is it? So I'm always kind of like. And uh, Peter David, who used to write it, he, he had track of the uh, of the sales, and when the sales started to dip, he would change. He would do make a change in the Hulk, so mm-hmm. that the sales would go back up. There's a uh, like one of my favorite runs of the Hulk was uh, Bruce Jones's run, that mm-hmm. I think started in like either '98 or '99, maybe, mm-hmm. um, or maybe it was 2000. I, my brain stinks at remembering things, but <laughs> ultimately it was kind of like the the general premise was that the Hulk 
killed a child by accident in mm. collateral by via collateral damage of a Hulk rager, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he essentially goes into hiding. Mm. Um, and so it's Bruce Banner kind of using like meditation mm-hmm. and all these other techniques to try to like control the Hulk. And the Hulk very rarely shows up in the book, mm. man, it's just really intense horror and suspense. Mm. Um, and so like you get a lot of doc Samson kind of like trying to find Banner and mm-hmm. you know, like these different sort of villains. It's, it's an, it's, it's one of my favorite takes on Hulk that I've ever read. Mm. Um, and I think there's like nine volumes of it. And I would say the first five or six are just top notch Hulk stories. Wow. Okay. Um, because now I have to get a hold of that. Because I don't, I, I don't think I read those ones. I was one I didn't get to. Um, yeah, I think that they, they, they sold quite well. I think when they, mm-hmm. when they were coming out, so you can get the first three or four trades for like really cheap. I think, oh, okay. Printed like crazy. Okay, well, I gotta ask you, and I don't expect you're, you're, you're all wise and all that good stuff. What do you think <laughs> about Donny Cates taking over the Hulk? So, well, so full disclosure, Donny's a good friend of mine. Okay. Um, but uh, that said, if I can speak objectively about Donnie, mm-hmm. uh, Donnie, I think, is one of the one of the few writers uh, – I think the, the secret to Donnie's success is how visual of a thinker he is. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in the Hulk, like, is, like – well, like, that book thrives when it's a visual book, mm-hmm. um, in my experience. Like, mm-hmm. the, like, that's why I think Immortal Hulk was so strong, because it was an mm-hmm. extremely visual book. There's a lot mm-hmm. to look at. And mm-hmm. so I think Donnie taking over on the Hulk makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a bit more, probably more cosmic. It's probably going to be a bit like bigger in. Well, I don't know. It's, I don't know how you can make something bigger in scope than what Immortal Hulk was. I mean, he eats the Metatron for God's sakes, but uh, <laughs> you know, there's just something Donnie brings like a like an energy, like mm-hmm. an exuberance to everything. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that it'll be a nice. It'll be a nice shift from what mm-hmm. Al was doing. I mean, in mm-hmm. fairness, I God love Donnie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al's Hulk, I could read forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so sad and so frightening, and that's exactly what I want to read in the Hulk. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Well, we'll have to see because I, I, you know, I, I jumped on the Immortal Hulk because everybody was talking about it, and I was intrigued by it. But like I said, I started to lose interest about issue twenty and stuff like that because it seemed about the same. But to me, that was just me. Uh, but other people really loved it, and I mean, there are, I know people who just swear by that book. It's like one of the best books out. Yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> okay, okay, well, that's good. Because uh, you know, I, I stuck with it. And I, I I keep reading it. I I didn't like when the Avengers got beat up by the Hulk. I was kind of like eh, superhero right. stuff. But right. other than that, it was fine. But uh, so well, well, let's see. Now you've got the Batman almost done. How? Uh, what other projects are you working on? So I have. Uh, so. Uh, I'm a busy guy. So <laughs> I've got um, a project that I cannot speak a lick about. Okay. Um, but that's I will good. say, I will say I'm writing and drawing it. Oh. Um, so that's very exciting. That's all I can say. Oh, um, wow. So, so that's a real thrill for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've got another book that I've co-written mm-hmm. with Ryan Ferrier. So mm. Ryan has retired from comics, but we wrote this years ago. Mm. Uh, and it's been in production for a few years. And it mm. is a graphic novel that's been, you know, we haven't announced it yet. But that'll be announced soon, I believe. Right. Um, and so that'll be a graphic novel that uh, I am uh, with, a, with a previous collaborator. I don't know what all I'm supposed to say, but uh, a previous <laughs> artist collaborator uh, okay. is going to be drawing it and uh, for anyone that's familiar with my work, when I say uh, she is excellent, um, <laughs> then you'd probably be able to figure out who it was. Okay. Um, so I have a graphic novel coming out that I've co-written. I have a series that I'm like doing full art duties on. That includes coloring and lettering. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
those are the two things that are guaranteed. I have another another thing that I think is going to happen, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. And uh, I may be doing another crowdfunding campaign at some point in the future for a book that is finished mm. um, that actually I didn't do, but that I'm oh. going to kind of release on my own sort of – like if you look at the Brothers James, it's there's this little publishing company called Dream Cult. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. my little publishing imprint that I self self publish things and gotcha. I've got yes. I've got these really surreal horror books that I put out all the time mm-hmm. uh, whenever I have extra time that are kind mm-hmm. of like short stories and just little mini nightmares. Mm-hmm. So uh, those are all kind of dream cult projects. So I have another mm-hmm. one that's uh, may that I may be crowdfunding in the future too that's cool. already finished. That's cool. Well, see, crowdfunding to me is one of the greatest advancements in comics because yes. story like like stuff you're doing, we would never get to see if it hadn't been for crowdfunding. Right. So to me, I want to see more crowdfunding. I don't want to see less. So when Zoo mm-hmm. came along and they were starting up a whole other company, I was like, wow, good. Keep it up. Let's mm-hmm. get as many crowdfunding things going so we can choose which ones we want to support. And I, I just think it's a wonderful thing. So yeah, I, hope they keep, I hope they keep building their audience too. So they become like a bit of a hub where people can mm-hmm. come and look around and be like, Oh, what, what new comics is Zoop doing? You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I gotta say uh, they, they just announced that they're going to be having that John Polion artist edition of a, uh, what do you call it? Of a uh, winter men. Mm. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Like if you've <laughs> never read winter men, Holy cannoli. Mm. Mm. What a book. So uh, big recommend on, on – it's funny because I should be promoting my own book, but John Paul Leone is just one of the greatest to ever draw comics. So to have an artist edition of one of his books is huge. I have supported every single one that uh, Zoop has done so far. So I'm like – I saw that. I already put my name in to be notified when it comes out. So I'll be after that too. I have a feeling I haven't read that one. That, that's one I haven't done. So I will definitely get on to it. Now, if people want to keep up with what you're doing when you make – announcements and stuff how do we follow you on social media so you can follow me on uh twitter it's just my name brian underscore level uh so at brian underscore level um i have my tattoo shop has an instagram account um and i post comic stuff on there too and that's my my tattoo shop is called illuminat like (laughs) m-i-l-l-u-m-i-n-a-u-t like kind of like if it were comics fans we think of juggernaut (laughs) illuminat uh tattoo so (laughs) Uh, cool. You can look look me up there, or you can probably just search for my name, and it'll show up as Illuminati Tattoo. I'm on Facebook, but I'm just kind of haunting that place. I don't really engage. Mm. Um, and, I'm just uh, the opposite. I tend not to do Twitter so much. I tend to be Facebook more. Just, I mean, they're me. all they're all essentially like I I would liken it to like it, every religion has their own version of hell. <laughs> uh, so like that's the social media social medias uh, are just different variations on hell. Yeah. Uh, I also have a newsletter where I get like really personal um, mm. and that's uh thrones, like what a King would send in thrones.substack.com. Oh. Um, and so you can subscribe to that. And I will be doing some weird things there too, like releasing mm. some comics and uh, just not, not like the James Tinian, uh, you know, Donny Cates, Ryan, Ryan segment. Like I'm not going to be doing something of that mm-hmm. size, scope and ambition, mm-hmm. uh, but instead just kind of a place to release things that are a little bit more off kilter, a bit more niche where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe it might be hard to find a place to do it otherwise. So but, <laughs> and that's just called thrones. Mm-hmm. So thrones.substack.com. I, I've got to ask you real quickly before I let you go. Why go to Substack? What is it about Substack that appealed to you to do that? Because we've got a lot of people. You talked about James Tynan. You talk, there's several other people 
who are on there. What is it about Substack that appealed to you to go and, and uh, do some work through them? Well, Substack kind of happened to be a weird, a weird solution for a weird problem, uh, which was I wanted to have a newsletter, mm-hmm. um, and like I could have done like the Mailchimp thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked the fact that Substack has it archived as a website, essentially like a blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if someone missed a newsletter, they could go back to all the old ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also, I was thinking about doing a Patreon. So it's like, okay, I could do a MailChimp and a Patreon, but then the mm-hmm. Substack seemed to kind of be a mashup of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like I wanted to have a place like a Patreon, even if it was just free where I could release, you know, like just whatever I wanted to there and not have to worry about a publisher, but just have a place where people could rely on, uh, you know. Going there. But see, another thing about, about Patreon is it feels like it's harder to navigate to find new things, mm-hmm. um, and Substack seems to be a little easier to surf um, mm-hmm. around and find things. So it just kind of seemed to be a, like, I wouldn't say that it was a perfect mixture of things because mm-hmm. nothing's perfect, but it mm-hmm. seemed to be a better solution for my purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question. If you don't want to answer it, don't, don't answer it. Is Substack paying you like they are, Mr. Tynan? They are not. Okay. Okay, just just interested in that. I, 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 there's, yep. I'm just fascinated by what it is about Substack that draws people to them, and why that some people get paid and some don't. So yeah, well, so my my choice to use Substack was purely pragmatic. Mm-hmm. Um, like I had I had no investment in the format or the platform <laughs> whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would say that there's probably some appeal in that mm-hmm. I'm a kind of a relatively mainstream creator, mm-hmm. um, and so it might like like kind of lumping yourself in with other mainstream creators could potentially draw attention but i feel like that's a, even more ghoulish than what i was originally thinking um like i originally just kind of thought like i, I would like to have a blog i would like i would definitely like to have a newsletter more than anything but then also like it would be nice to be able to post comics on here eventually if i want to and it seemed to kind of hit all those buttons for me Great. As long as it works for you, that's the important thing. And it would be, you know, maybe I can activate it to where that I can actually start taking payments. Uh, if I have it, if I, if I'm committing enough time and energy to the content for the place, you know, we'll see cool. how that goes. But, cool. but I mean, well, no one's paying me as of right now. Okay. Well, you know, I, I don't know much about it. that's why I asked about it. Cause I'm just kind of curious what it is that draws people there and makes people go there. Right? You're right. It provides, two things that, that are helpful to you to get, to get the word out and things like that, which but, is great. And if I'm being honest, I don't think I've earned really like, like, I don't think I've, I don't know if I've earned readers trust enough to even start like, like to even put me in a position in that way. Like if you look at guys like James, like he's consistent as they comes, like he's, mm-hmm. he's a consistent talent. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Donnie and Ryan, like all those people have earned audiences and I've kind of like tended to kind of float around and kind of like do these sort of different projects. And, and I don't know if even people know what to expect from me. So part of having the Substack was almost to craft and solidify what it is you can expect from me, you know? See, that's a good thing though. I would rather not know exactly what you're going to provide. You know, <laughs> I, I like to be surprised. And I said like the brother James just surprised the heck out of me. So oh, I would I'm say gonna... like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think my artwork or the stories that I tell will ever not be surprising. I just mm-hmm. mean like what, like what types of things I'm interested in mm-hmm. and uh, like what kind of person I am even. Cause like, like I said, this, the throne sub stack is pretty personal. So mm-hmm. I get in pretty heavy on like, like what matters to me and how mm-hmm. I feel about myself and how I feel about my work. And just, I mean, it's a, it's a personal thing. And 
Uh, I get into stuff that's kind of hard to talk about in social media, like religion and, you know, my yeah. relationship to it and all kinds of stuff, you know. Okay. Well, sounds like fun. I have to go there and, and, and track you down because it sounds like stuff I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to have a look at it because it sounds interesting. I like people who I don't agree with all the time. Sure. <laughs> Let me say, because a lot of people have to have, they want to read people's stuff who they agree with constantly. And I actually learn things from people who I don't agree with all the time. So I, I prefer to ha- talk with or listen to people who don't give me the exact same point of view that I have. So I, that's kind of me. So I think that would be fun for me. I was going to say like, like I, I don't tend to be real prescriptive, like with the stuff that I say, like I'm not, I don't, I don't think that it's right or wrong to tell people what you think they should be doing or not doing. I think mm-hmm. that that's situational. And, and so like when someone says you should do this or you should not do that, like, I think that's fine. I struggle with telling myself those things. So <laughs> I don't do it for other people. Mm. Um, and, and so like, like disagreeing with me, I don't think really means that like, like I think people might find things in, that I say disagreeable or agreeable, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't even think that they'll necessarily even relate them to their lives or any universal sort of experience. Cause I'm, I'm coming from such a, from a very like specific and insular place when I write. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, you know what? There's, I, I think we need more diversity in opinion than less. So I would like to read that. Well, hopefully you enjoy it. I think I will. I think it's going to be fun. And again, let's, it's again, it's on Zoop and it's at zoop.gg slash C slash the Brothers James. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a great book. I highly recommend that you get in there and do it and, and back it. We need to see this happen because I think that this is – I got to see the end. Now I, I I have to know what's going to happen because I those first four issues just grabbed me. And I think other people will enjoy it just as well. So, Brian, just keep up the wonderful stuff. I think you're doing good things. I liked it as something I don't know what's going to come. <laughs> Thank like you so that. much, man. And I, and I mean it. And I'm – it's weird to say, but like, I appreciate you enjoying the black and white because I love black and white comics so much. Like, <laughs> I feel like not every comic is made for black and white. So it, it makes me happy to hear that it, that it brought you joy, too, because I think it's a great looking book. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, from flesh and blood, I can be ignored, I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. That's it for this episode. Be back next time. I'll have another great interview with an excellent comics creator. Something I'm sure you won't want to miss. But until then, keep reading your comics.